Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy live from the Red Deer Centrium, where he just witnessed the Oilers rookies lose one nothing at overtime to the Calgary Flames rookies. Bruce, this is our two good things, two bad things, and because there's no numbers to speak of that we have handy, we'll do two takeaways. So let's start uh, with your good thing from that game. Okay, uh, my good thing is uh, Ryan McLeod, uh, a lanky uh, center starting his first year of pro, and he he had a, other than turning the puck over the very first time he touched it early in the first period, uh, I thought he had a very strong yes, night. Yes, he did that. Uh, and he dished it off uh, very effectively <clears> for some excellent, in fact, probably Oilers' best scoring chances of the game, including the, the triplet of chances that Ostap Safin somehow couldn't uh, find the back of the net. Uh, also, a, uh, a fine pass to Kirill Maximov on a shorthanded two-on-one opportunity that they had. And... Uh, uh, Maximov and McLeod, one thing I noticed is they always seem to be joined at the hip all game. They weren't only line mates, but they started every penalty kill together, at least till the last one when Maximov was in the penalty box, so obviously he could kill that one off. But uh, And I think that might be a plan going forward by Jay Woodcroft, taking his two first-year pros, his OHL graduates, and just saying, okay, boys, have at her. We're going to use you as a tandem. And they looked good on the penalty kill. I thought McLeod, like his skating... Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, I'm not sure he had a shot on net himself, uh, but he sure fed a few different chances uh, uh, to other guys, and I just thought he had a strong, pretty strong 200-foot game tonight. Yeah, he set up uh, Bo Starrett on a nice yeah. play as well, and uh, I like the idea of them using some rookies on the PK in Bakersfield. I know, like, it's, it's one of those things where they often use veteran players, Seems mm-hmm. to me a missed opportunity because the veteran players yes. are unlikely to be NHLers. <clears throat> Both Maximov and McLeod have a chance, so why not see if they can be PK guy? Why not do that? And so I'd like I like that in the game. And if that's a um, foreshadowing for the season, that's excellent. Good, that would be good to see. Um, you know, uh, so, so my good thing was was in the OHL <clears throat> last year on their different teams, but they're they're used to right. the role. My good thing, there was a lot of good play. I, uh, like, I, I thought Maximov had some good moments of puck protection. Lavoie had some good moments in the offensive end. Um, Tyler Benson got really tough and fierce in the second period to try to rally his team a little bit. But I thought Ostap Safin was the most pleasant surprise in a lot of ways because he had, he had just a terrible season last year, partly due to the injury. But he was, I, I thought, one of the strong all game long and and his physical play was really encouraging he puck protected well he um you know that that chance that he he almost scored in the first period on those three chances and he started that all off with a really strong four check mm-hmm. so um good that's what he he was not looking like a nhl prospect last year but it could be all almost all related to injury so uh, <clears throat> he's most likely to be in Bakersfield this year, and um, he worked his way up to get a few shifts on uh, on a top on the top line by the end of the game. So I really liked his play this game. So good for us, Stapsafi. 
What is your bad thing? Well, go ahead if you have something on Austin. I was just going to say he took a spot. He took the spot of Nolan Vesey, who started that game with Maximov and and uh, uh, McLeod, and the puck died on Vesey's stick a few times, and eventually uh, Coach Jay Woodcroft decided he'd seen enough of that and changed him up, and Sappin got the bump, and that's how it should be. Nolan Vesey's going to have a hard time uh, getting um, ice time in big. I've never too. seen the guy. I've never seen him good. I've just never, I never could yeah, understand neither, that. Thing. Neither have I. Yeah. I mean, he's just not, a, like, you know, nothing nothing against him as a person, but his performance right. as a hockey player, it's just not there for the HL level. All right, so um, your bad thing, Bruce. Yeah, well, there was a lot of bad hockey in this game. I mean, it really got scrambly. There was a lot of passes that might have been, looked like good ideas, but they, uh, they got hit skates and so on in between. But if we're going to uh, zone in on players, uh, I'm going to say for two periods, not the third, uh, Dmitry Samorkov was struggling, especially defensively. And uh, he got walked a couple of times. And he was just sort of also in frame, a little late to close the back door in the front of the net, you know. And, and uh, um, he just looked just not quite on top of his considerable game. And then in the third, uh, he st- did step it up. He made two, at least two excellent stops of what looked like dangerous chances where he just broke up the play and got it moving the other way. And that's more the player that uh, uh, that we expect to see. And uh, otherwise, I'll I'll avoid, because it's game number one, I don't want to go down this road saying it's a ref, so I wasn't too happy, but whatever. We'll let that one stay. Yeah, I thought um, Samarukov, Bruce... Uh, got stronger as the game went on. Yes. Dimitri Samarukov got stronger as the game went on, and, and I'll leave that. I, I am single out the refs mainly because I thought, <clears throat> and it's not just the fact that they, you know, that sucker punch that the Flames defender gave to poor Starrett, that was a, that should have been in a game as, uh, or I don't know what you call that. Like, cheap is what I call it. He, it's it's cheap and it's, and it's, a mis, it's a misconduct. It's more than he got, and the refs missed it. Well, Starrett got yeah. five minutes, and I'm not sure he... Late hit on Marodi wasn't... Yeah, the late hit on Marodi wasn't any good. That was... Uh, okay. Could have been punished more. But, Bruce, the thing I hated most was in overtime. Mm-hmm. Marodi's going for the puck. He gets... He didn't fall, but he got tripped. Yeah. I mean, he they don't win that. If they don't hack him in the shins and try to trip him and slow him up, that's how... That's why he lost the puck battle. He got tripped, and they get a two-on-one, and they score. I mean, that... Again... You, you've decided the outcome of the game by with your non-call of, a, of an obvious foul in overtime. So, you know, way to go. Good work, refs. Like, wake up. Yeah, I saw that. certainly saw it as a turnover. Marodi kind of made a desperation play, and he passed it to nowhere. And he his both his linemates were gassed, so he wound up being the only guy back, and he wasn't able to stop it. It was kind of an ugly way to end a, you know, a 0-0 game on a play like that. But... Uh, uh, non-calls were uh, were a big part of this game, and, and uh, the Oilers' power play didn't really get much of a look all night. Where yeah, the uh, the overtime goal relates to my takeaway too, Bruce, which is that Evan Bouchard is damn close to the NHL, but I don't think he's there. He 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 had a dominant game almost the whole game, but he had two or three or four defensive reads, which led to great a scoring chances from the Flames. We just got caught flat-footed with risky plays kind of at the Oilers' blue line. And and on the winning goal, he was caught up ice. He he thought Marodi was going to win that battle, so he made the risky play instead of getting back to defend. 
So Evan Bouchard was, again, dominant. So much of that game was his passing, was so calm, smooth, passing the puck so well. But there was three or four, like, super iffy moments where he he got walked, essentially. And uh, he and Samarukov combined. And so that was a really interesting game from him. And my mm-hmm. takeaway is, wow, what an offensive talent. Just needs to work on those defensive reads, and we have an NHL player. Or, and, right. a, and a top four defenseman in the NHL. Sean Patrick Ryan, the oil knight, who did uh, uh, our prospects reports for all of our OHL players and knows both Bouchard, especially Bouchard, and Sam Samorkov very well. Uh, he uh, he said that uh, uh, he, the, unlike what I saw with Maximov and McLeod, he thought that they shouldn't be paired together. And when they got to the AHL, it would make more sense for each one of those two guys to be paired with the more veteran AHL sort of proven pro uh, defender. And I agree with that take. I think that could, could be, could be. We'll see. Yeah. Lots of time to sort that out. Yeah. Anyway, they, they're, you know, they're both first year pros. And, and anyway, yeah, maybe they're going to be dominant enough um, uh, just with raw talent that they'll be able to uh, survive and thrive. But uh, anyway, that was that was his take. Uh, my takeaway was um, uh, I was pretty happy with uh, young Oiler netminders, especially Dylan Wells. I thought he had a uh, he, he had a very strong game. Really battled hard. Took the bottom of the net away. Uh, he had a few jam plays in tight, and uh, uh, he stood his ground well. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, one time uh, one Calgary uh, ruffian, aren't they all? Uh, took an extra shot at. Um, uh, Wells, while the puck was in his glove, and Tyler Benson stood up and uh, and gave him what for, you know, not in a dirty way, but just sort of, hey, you're not going to do that without uh, having an answer for it. And uh, I like to see that, frankly, out of Tyler Benson. Well, he didn't go over the top. He didn't do anything crazy, but, he, you know, he just stood up for a teammate. And that's what you want to see in all phases of the game. That's what I want to see anywhere on the ice, closest teammate. When, when uh, somebody takes liberties... Yeah, that's not going to happen on our watch. And uh, so, anyway, that, that's just a, a minor moment in the game. But uh, I was a little worried there at the end of the second period when the Oilers bench only had 10 skaters on it because they had two guys in the room that were both victims of, uh, well, one was punched and one was boarded. And uh, I couldn't figure out where the third guy was, but he was in the penalty box on a coincidental major. So it's only two guys in the room. But that was... Uh, uh, they all came back for the third, so no harm, no foul. So, uh, young Marodi looked like he was a little bit, uh, a little bit sore after the game. Yeah, it wasn't his best game all around. He, he uh, never really got going, and uh, then he got yeah. injured. That's yeah. I hate to see that. All right, Bruce. Well, thanks for tuning, yeah. uh, coming in tonight from the Centrum. Hope you had fun there tonight. And uh, fun, fun to be down here and uh, saw a few good Oilers fans and. Uh, uh, Edmonton uh, followers uh, in uh, Colin Reddle and John Short and Uncle Dave, they were all here and I saw other Oh yeah. You know what? Oh, here's one takeaway for you. They asked the fans here in Red Deer whether they were Flames fans or Oilers fans. They did during the intermission then they did during the third period. And both times there was a huge roar for Edmonton versus Calgary. So I think there must be, for some reason, there's a lot of Ryan Nugent Hopkins fans down here in Red Deer. Oh, well, you know why that is, Bruce, though? It's because everybody hates Calgary. Oh, that's part of it. 
But I also think there's lots of Nuge fans here. Judging by all those old Rebels number 9 sweaters I saw walking around the building, I think the Oilers are the team of choice down here in uh, Red Deer now. So that's good. You're, you're, you're right. Lots of Nuge fans, and everybody hates Calgary. All right. Thanks for talking, Bruce. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Let's end this here. Stop recording.